Praise God. So hopefully everybody's looked through your lessons, you've read your lessons, you've studied your lesson, you eaten up the word of God and, you know, eating like you mean it. Amen. <laughs> reading your scriptures, you're reading the Bible through. Amen. You're having fun in the law. Amen. In the book of Leviticus, all that good stuff has been exposed to you and opening your, your understanding. Amen. You find a lot of stuff in there, aren't you? Amen. Amen. God is exposing some things. Amen. So we've been talking about a new identity, new identity, new identity, you know, and it is amazing. A lot of times when some God gives me a, a thought as, as a lesson title and stuff, you know, it's amazing. It seems like as soon as he give it to me and we choose it and stuff, the world comes up with some new systems as well. Try to. You know, talk about, you You know, you all got to have new driver's license and all that stuff. You know, you got to have your identity just right on it or else you're not, you know, now you go through customs and immigrations and all that stuff. You know, what are they checking? Identity, aren't they? I mean, they're getting tight, man. Now, now you stop and think about it. You, you pretty soon, you know, to get on a military base, your your driver's license has got to have a certain picture, it's got to have a certain stamp, and all kinds of stuff. You know, you go to a different country. You know, I was at post office yesterday, and the guy he had to send his passport back because they put his name wrong. I mean, he was going through all kinds of stuff, and you know, because he needs to travel, and his passport, the name is wrong, you know, so you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> he, so, you know, you have to make sure that the identity, they're checking identity. And think about all the stuff, you know, they, they try to tell you how to prevent identity theft. You know, people want to steal somebody else's identity, you know. And, and aren't you glad that they can't steal your identity in Christ? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, so we, this new identity, you know, uh, we want to make sure that we are maintaining our spiritual identity. Amen. From the time that we are baptized in Jesus' name, from the time we repent of our sins, get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, and God fills us with the Holy Ghost, we've got a new identity. That's why Paul, right into the church in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, he says, For as many as you has been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. He said, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Amen. So we become one in Christ. We begin to take on Christ's nature. Amen. And as a result of that, everything about us, as we grow in Christ, will begin to be revealed Christ to a lost and dying world. As you see in scriptures, the apostles, after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, in the book of Acts, you constantly see them being identified with Christ. Amen. And that should be the same way with us. We should be being identified with Jesus Christ. Our character, our fruit of the Spirit, our spirit, and, and everything about us, our holiness, everything should be part of our identity. It helps us to be recognized as the children of God. Amen. And this, Paul says, is manifested the children of God and the children of the devil. You've got to love your brother and you've got to do what is right. Amen. That's part of our DNA. That's part of our identity. So now, last week we was talking a little bit about being Christ-like. And when you read the scriptures, you can begin to see what Christ was like. Amen. And so, therefore... We have to begin to model these things and pattern ourselves after these things. Everybody want to be like Mike and everybody want to be like Patrick Mahomes now. Everybody wants to be, you know, you see a lot of kids getting their hair cut like Patrick Mahomes. I hate to tell you, you're not going to be like him, you know. You're not going to be like Michael Jordan. You're not going to be like any of you. I don't care how much money you spend on some Air Jordans. 
you know, you're going to find out that you're going to wind up hungry. <laughs> you know, so you need to realize that you can't be like anyone else but Jesus. <laughs> so, so we might as well start taking on the nature of Christ. Yeah, these sports icons and businesses, yeah, they have their clothes lines and everything else because they want you to imitate sports icons and Hollywood icons and everybody else. You know, but you, you're not going to be like them. I'm, I'm here to tell you. I pray you don't. Because once you look behind the curtain, you, you'll see you, you probably don't even want to wear half the stuff they wear. Amen. So, <clears throat> so you don't want to associate yourself with that evil. Amen. You want to associate yourself, amen, with Jesus Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so we saw last week our identity of true holiness uh, is important. We are to be separated unto God. The way we look, the way we dress, the way we act, the way we sit, the way we talk. Amen. We're separated unto God. We realize that we need to be ready at any time for the coming of the Lord. Uh, you know, when we study scripture and we look at the New Testament, it says we are to be kings and priests forever unto the Lord. Now, if you were to go back and you would look at Aaron, he was he was decked out to be what the high priest, okay? And there were certain things that Aaron and his sons were not to do. Uh, and one of those things where they was not to drink wine or strong drink, you know, that should tell you right there that alcohol is out as a child of God because you are priest. Because even Solomon's mother tells him. You know, you don't do that because you, you, you wind up, you know, uh, and, and when you have to make decisions and judgment, you make the wrong ones. You want to be able to make wise choices and wise decisions. You know, the spirit comes with what? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So we want to identify ourselves with Christ. We want true holiness to be in our lives. Paul, uh, Peter writing in 1 Peter 1, 14, he says, As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the formal lust of your ignorance, but as he which is called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of what? Conversation and uh, behavior, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. In our conversation, our behavior, we want to be holy. When you are reading through the book of Leviticus, you're going to see this constantly over and over again. When you're reading the book of Leviticus, you have to slow down. You have to take and, and, and pause at some, some periods and some commas and say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? Because uh, what he's showing you is a lot of things is dealing with the moral law. And, you know, when it comes to like homosexuality and all this kind of stuff, God is explaining it there. Amen. And so you need to realize this kind of stuff so that you have a knowledge and an understanding how you are supposed to be identified as God's children. And so true holiness, amen, we are separated from this world and we're set apart unto God. Amen. We want our identity to be in Jesus Christ. Blessed are you. When men revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil falsely against you. But Jesus says, let your light shine. Amen. That men can see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So we have to be identified with Christ. But notice, okay, it all starts with the way you think. Amen. Your identity begins with a change in your spiritual mind. You've got to change the way you think. If you don't change the way you think, you'll never become what God wants you to be. You can't see it the same way. That's why Jesus says in Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. They're much higher. So it's all about the thought process. Paul, right into the church in Rome, in, in chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Amen. That you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. You've got to change the way that you think if you're going to be identified with Christ. Okay? You have, it's all about how you think. How you see things. You, you remember the, the, the little monkeys you buy? One has got his hands over his eyes. One's got his hands over his ears and one's got his hands over his mouth. You know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. See, you think about that. You don't think evil. You avoid yourself from hearing evil and speaking evil. See, you have to change the way you think. As a Christian, I can't keep going the same old way that I was going. If any man is in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. I have to think like Christ. Notice what Paul says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of what? A servant. And being found in as a man, and in fashion of a man, he humbled himself. Humility will exalt you. You know, before honor is always humility, Scripture tells us. So in order to identify with Christ, I've got to change here. When the Bible speaking of heart, that's what he's talking about, the mind, your intellect, the seed of thought and understanding. You've got to change the way you think. You know, I get people say all the time, oh, I don't think you have to do all that to be, you know, a Christian. I don't think you have to do that to be a Christian. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as soon as you say, I don't think I have to, you just kick holiness out the way. You just said, I don't want to be like Jesus. Because if the Word of God says it, then we have to do it. That's why James says, don't just be a hearer of God's Word. You've got to be a doer of God's Word. You know? It's just like, as I said numerous times, if you see the speed limit is 70 miles an hour, you go out there and says, well, I think I'm going to run 100 today. And then all of a sudden, you get down there but between... West Salem and Sparta, and over on the median, sitting in the middle, there is a bubblegum bank, you know, and all of a sudden he pulls out behind you, turns on his bubblegum banks, the red, white, and blue is going, you know, and stuff, and they pull you over, and he says, uh, let me see your driver's license, you know, and your registration. And you says, I'm not giving you my driver's license registration. Okay. Let's let's see about that. You know? Let's see. You change the way you think. Even when you get out there and you decide, I'm going to speed a little bit today. And you know the speed limit is 70. And I know you guys are guilty because I am too, Right? You got, you're running at 75, 76, and all of a sudden you see the cops setting up in the thing. What's the first thing you do? You hit the brake, right? You changed your mind real quick. See? You changed your mind that quick. Why? Because you're afraid he's going to come out and get you and give you a ticket, and you don't want a ticket. You change your mind. So it's the same way with Christ. The quicker we change our minds to be what he's asked of us to be and to do, the quicker we're going to be holy, the quicker we're going to become more like him. Amen. 
we have to make up our minds. Now, as Paul writes into the church of Philippians in Philippians 4, verse 8, notice what he says. Amen. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Notice, start thinking on these things that are good and lovely and pure. Amen. The things that's going to benefit you, the things that's going to make you be identified with Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, peace, (laughs) gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's is what? You crucified the flesh with his affections and lusts. See? Now you want to walk as the children of God. So you want to be identified with Christ. You have to do these things. See? Because if they're absent, what does Peter say? You've forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. That's why he says in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, he says, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness charity. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if you like these things, you're blind. And you can't see afar off. You can't see where you're going. Because why? You've already forgotten that you was purged from your old sins. See, when you repented, when you was baptized, God what? He wiped your sins away. But if you're not doing anything to become like him, to identify with him, then what is going to happen? You're going to forget what was done for you, and you're going back the same old way. And he says, you're blind. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, if this gospel be hid, it's hid to them that is lost, and whom the gods of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed unto them. See, so if the gospel is hidden, that means you haven't changed. The gospel brought change. That's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, the gospel came not in word only, it came with power. It came with the Holy Ghost. And it came with much assurance. See, you, you, it, it brought a change in your life. You saw is in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, not 1 Corinthians, but Ephesians 1. He says, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you will seal with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the possession of the praise should come. In other words, when God comes back, we've got the Holy Ghost in us to perfect us and to move us forward. Romans 8 and 9 says, If any man has not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. And Jesus knows his children. See? He knows those that are us that are his. And so we have to have this spiritual mind in us. This is why Paul says, let this mind be in you. Start thinking Christian ways of living, not worldly ways. What does Romans 8 say? To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, Romans 8, amen, I think it's like four or five in there somewhere. Notice. It's life and peace. You, you, you've got to realize the carnal and mind is going to kill you. You keep thinking of the world. You keep acting like the world. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7.10. Repentance of this world work at death. 
See, you want to be identified with Jesus Christ. That's why when you need to study the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew, sometime in your study time when you ain't got nothing else to do, instead of playing video games and, and stuff, open your Bible <laughs> and start reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Beatitudes. Uh, it goes, those three chapters open your understanding to some things here. So we want to identify, we want a spiritual mind. You know, I want to be with Christ. I want to live with Him. I want to reign with Him. I want to reflect Him. I want people, when they're around me, my actions, my conduct, my attitude, my life, I want them to be able to see Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, if I walk around like Eeyore, how many people is going to think I'm saved and belong to Jesus? You know, uh, Winnie the Pooh's friend, that, that donkey, <laughs> he, he, he's always walking around with his head down, and, and Rabbit and Pooh is trying to make him excited, and he goes, oh, oh. Uh, he, 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 he's always downbeaten. You know, I say, what? Yeah, downtrodden, excuse me. Amen. But, but, but think about it. Who's going to believe you're a Christian walking around like that? No one. I know I'm not. You know, if you stand and testify and all I hear is about how the devil's beating you up, you think I'm going to believe you're a Christian? Don't work that way. You know, because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. You know, You've got to, as the old saying, you've got to have self-motivation. And that's why God says, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Identify with power. You know, so many people don't realize they got so much power, untapped resource power. They don't know what to do. They don't even know it's there. You know? If Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me, and he's in me, do you know what you are? You're a can of dynamite. That's why the word translate didymus, dynamite, power. You're supposed to blow something up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yourself, you know, see yourself in Christ's eyes. See yourself as his child. Think about a, a royal king, kid. Do you think those guys over in England, the, the king's kids and the queen's kids, you think they're worrying about anything? Not one bit. You think President Trump's kids are worrying about anything? Not one bit. You know? How much more we? You know? My dad owned the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fourth and the earth the world and they that dwell therein. And I'm his. So I'm not wearing been young. I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or seen begging bread. Why am I going to walk around like Eeyore for? I motivate myself. It's here. It's right here. i got to have a spiritual mind. I, I can no longer have a worldly mind. When I was in the world, I was always wondering, man, no, am I going to have enough money to make it through the end of the month? Man, am I going to have enough place? Ah, man. You know, I was always thinking about stuff. Am I going to have enough? Am I going to have this? Am I going to do that? You know? So much worry. But when I changed my mind, when God got a hold of me, and I, and he, and I start getting into the Word, and He gave me a spiritual mind and a, and a spiritual way of thinking and a way of seeing things a whole lot differently, you know, I don't worry about that stuff anymore. You know, I just talk to Him. Amen. What did Jesus say? You have not. You ain't asking. He says, everyone that asks to receive it, 
He didn't seek it, find it. He did not know it. He said, be it done unto you according to your faith. Think about it. We have got to get this spiritual mind thing going on. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. You know, if I go to jail, I can still do all things because he's with me. That's what that that means. I don't have to worry about anything because God is with me. You know, I can endure sitting in a prison cell. I can endure, you know. And some of you have already endured, so you already know you can do it. <laughs> You've already gone through hell and hot water and back one or two times, I'm sure, in your life. And you endured. Guess what? You can do it again. See? You don't worry about it. You know, you, all you got to do is just look back and say, well, yeah, I've been there already and he brought me through, so I can do it again if I need to. He was with me last time. He promised me he'll be with me the next. It's the way I think about it. Amen. I have to get my mind stay on Christ. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, if I think I'm defeated, guess what? I'm defeated. <laughs> if I think I'm ugly... Hello? If you think you're ugly, you're ugly. It's all how you see it and how you think about it. You think you can't? Can't. If you think you can, you can. It's all the way you think. Start thinking like Jesus. That's what you identify. You know? With Him. Nothing is impossible with God. That's why the Lord says, Abraham, is there anything too hard? You know? Look how quick Abraham changed his mind when Sarah got pregnant. <laughs> he believed God could do anything. That's why he wasn't afraid to take Isaac up that mountain. You know? He'd already seen, yeah, I'm a I'm hundred years old. Yes, God said it. He did it. He can do anything. Uh, like Job says, he says, I go to the front, I can't find him. Go behind, I can't find him. Go to the right, I can't find him. Go to the left. But that's okay. He still knows where I'm at. <laughs> Think about it. All this stuff is written for our learning. We have to change our mind. Amen. So to be a true Christian has to do with how I think. Amen. My strength and my abilities are all found in Jesus Christ. So I want to identify with him. The old saying, if I look like a duck, if I act like a duck, if I walk like a duck, I quack like a duck, I must be a duck. So if I look like a Christian, I act like a Christian, think like a Christian, sound like a Christian, talk like a Christian, guess what? Pretty chances are I'm a Christian. Yeah. My identity, my identity, amen, my identity starts in my mind. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. To be the same old person over and over and over again. Think about the prodigal son. Okay, how many times have you heard about the story of the prodigal son? Probably every time you've been in church, just about, all right? At least, if you've been in church a few years, you've heard at least one or two times about the prodigal son, right? What happened? <laughs> he changed his way of thinking. That's what happened. As soon as he started thinking about his situation, you know, he started saying, wait a minute. My father has servants is better than this. And I'm laying here in a hog pen dying because I don't have anything to eat. See, it starts with his thinking. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father. 
and I'm going to say, Father, I sin against heaven and against thee, and I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me one of your hired servants. He thought about it. He changed the way he was thinking before. He's probably down there to start with thinking, man, I've made a whole lot of money. I can't go home. I can't, you know, this is terrible. I can't find work. I can't, you know, I spend all my money and everything. But he came to himself. And as soon as he made up his mind to go home, what happened? The situation changed. As soon as you make up your mind that you're going home, the story has a, has a Christianity ending. The first part is all about the world. It's how we get out of the world, the hog pens of life, and come home to Jesus Christ. And he sees us coming. He meets us, and he says, bring the best robe and place it on him, put shoes on his feet, put a ring on his hand, kill the fatted calf. My son was lost, he's found, he's dead, but he's alive again. The ending is always spirituality with it when you change your mind of thinking the ways of the world. See? That's how it all works. Man, if we come out of those things... Wow, I had another one right on my tip. It went away. Maybe it'll come back. But it, but it has to do with how we think. We've got to have that spiritual mind. The spiritual mind. The spiritual mind. The spiritual mind. Amen. That is mine. The Lord told Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36, 24. He says, a new heart and a new mind will I give you. A new heart and a new mind will I give you. The way we see it, the way we change, we need that spiritual mind. Psalms 119, verse 59. Psalms 119, verse 59 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Notice. He says, wait a minute. I'm going the wrong way. I thought of my ways. Man, I'm in the wrong way. But he says, then I turn my feet unto thy testimonies. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. See? I've got to change my way of thinking. Change my way of thinking. Amen. If I'm going to identify with him. What did I preach Sunday? Huh? Which, which tree are you? Are you a good tree or corrupt tree? It all depends on how you think. That's, 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 the, way, that's the way it all boils down. Is how you think of, think you're of yourself. You see, if you're doing the things that God wants, what are we? We're going to be a good tree. And what did Jesus say? You would know a tree by what? It's fruit. See, you identify by the fruit. The tree is known of its by its fruit, and so if we are the tree. Then what's in us? See, we have to be able to identify as a good tree by the fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no law. How, you, how do you see it? Spiritual-minded. Become spiritual-minded. Walk, I say, in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Change. Make a new difference in your life here. Amen. 
Because we are what? Spiritually filled. If I have Christ in me, then what should I be doing? Identifying. Representing. You are my servants and my witness, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he before me. There was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord beside me. There is no Savior. So if I'm his servant, if I'm his witness, then therefore I should be seen as Christ is seen. We're filled with His Spirit. The anointing. You are anointed for service. When Jesus came out of the desert, the first thing He did is He walked into the synagogue. They handed Him the Scriptures to read. And He stood up and He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts the priest's deliverance to the captives, the recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and the priest the acceptable year of the Lord. And he handed it back to him, and he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. And all the eyes were set upon him. You know, the identity starts with the anointed. And once the anointed, the mind change. So that you can serve and do what God is asking of us to do. See, that's why you hear me say about a true cross bearer. You know, what does it mean? You got to have compassion. He was moved with compassion. Do you have compassion? Your identity is to have compassion on others. Jude says, on some, have compassion. Make a difference. Amen. Have compassion on people. People are hurting. People need you. The story of the Good Samaritan is a story of compassion. That's what Jesus is trying to show us in that story. The priest walked on one side. The Levite walked on the other. But the Good Samaritan... He stopped. He helped. He took care of him. It's a story of compassion. Say, what does Lamentations 3.22 says? Amen. It is of the Lord's mercy. We're not consumed. Why? His compassion fell not. He's, he loves us. He had passion on us. He had compassion on us. That's why the psalmist said, Lord, if you were judge iniquities, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you. See? So if God forgave me, if God showed compassion on me, then I should show compassion on others. That's why we are commanded and the great commission to do what? Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Galatians 6.10 says, If you have therefore opportunity to do good, do it to all men, but especially to the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. You know, you've got to have compassion. When Jesus saw the multitude, he turned to Philip and he says, Where are we going to buy bread that all these may eat? He says he did it to prove him. In other words, he was seeing what he was going to do. But Jesus had compassion on the multitude. When he saw him as sheep without a shepherd, he had compassion. Throughout the scripture, you see it all the way from the beginning of creation all the way to the end. It's constantly nothing but compassion. We have to have compassion in our lives to identify with Jesus Christ if we're carrying our cross. We have to have resistance to evil. The Bible tells us, render evil to no man evil for evil. You know, we have to avoid evil. You know, 
We have to reward all the resist everything to do wrong. We have to resist the temptations to do wrong. You know, you can't allow your friends, you can't allow someone else to talk you into doing wrong when you know to do right. You have to resist to do evil because evil always has negative consequences attached to it. You're always going to suffer with evil. Come on. You want to resist to do wrong. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation, he'll make a way of escape. You know where it is? In your mind. You think spiritually, you'll walk away from temptation every time. You think carnally, you'll give in every time. That's how I do it. That's how you do it. You think, have a carnal mind, you're going to give in to evil every time. But if you have a spiritual mind, you'll walk away every time. Think about it. It starts right here. Have your mind made up before it ever happens. Get it right. So we have to resist and avoid temptation. Look at 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion. Notice here. Have compassion. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil. Somebody treat you evil, don't you treat them evil. Railing for railing, but controversy wise. Blessings. Bless somebody. Yep, bless your enemies. You ever pray for your enemies? Say, God bless them. Think about it. Amen. Hey, why don't we start praying that way? God bless them. Bless that person just cursed me out. God bless that person just gave me the finger. God just bless, you know, bless, bless, bless folks. Put a blessing on them. Uh, yeah. That's what he said, right? Your enemies hunger, give him something to eat. Thirst, give him drink. You know? Because you're going to heap coals of fire upon his head and the Lord will reward you openly. You know, so blessed knowing that you therefore are there unto call that you should inherit a blessing. So bless them because you're going to get a blessing. See, you'll be blessed because you're blessing someone else. Because you're not giving in to the wrong and the evil. You'll blow people's mind when you don't respond the way they respond against you. Your buddy's in the background. Man, get him, man. Get him, man. Don't get him, you know, get him man. Don't let him talk to you like that. Man, he dissed you, man. Don't get him. No. you got to be the bigger. Walk away. Pray. Bless him. Give him a hug. Hey, love you, man. Notice, you have to learn how to resist wrong. Think about all the wrong. It's easy to give in to wrong. Making excuses, that's wrong. All kinds of stuff. Don't give in to the... You know what the scripture says? Don't give the devil any room. See? Because if he can get you to, get, to resist and to tempt you and to do wrong, he ain't going to stop. <laughs> He's going to open the windows. He's going to, oh, I, I found this, this weak spot. I've, I've found a place I can get in on him now. And he just keep pounding you, keep pounding you, keep pounding you, keep pounding you. Next thing you know, you give in to a whole lot of mess. So you've got to have compassion. You've got to resist 
You got to obey. Carry your cross, you have to obey. You got to obey God's word. You have to obey them to have the rule over you, for they're watching for your soul. You remember what Paul, I mean, Samuel told Saul in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22 and 23. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, 23. 1 Corinthians, I mean, 1, excuse me, Samuel. 1 Samuel 15, 22. My mistake. You guys are going to keep me on track. Notice what he says here. Verse, chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as obeying the voice of the Lord? Does God want your sacrifice more than obedience? He wants you to obey. Ben Franklin said, you let your child's first lesson you ever teach them is that of obedience. Teach them to obey. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Notice, to obey is better than sacrifice. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And back in those days, you know what a witch was supposed to be? It would be killed. And so it translates over, when we disobey, we're going to die. Come now, Isaiah 1, verse 16. Let's reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. You know, they may be red like crimson, but they shall be of wool. He says, if you be obedient... And you can eat the good of the land. But if not, you're going to be devoured with the sword. Obedience, disobedience has all kinds of consequences, just like some of the other things. You've got to renew your thinking and renew your mind. So you have to learn how to obey God's word for no other reason. You know, obey God. That's the most important thing in all of our lives. It's to obey Him. We have to submit ourselves to one another in the Lord. We have to have that submissive heart. Submission. You know, fulfill that vow that you take. Submit to God. Submit to those that are over you. You know, you know, you never find the word surrender in Scripture. You never find the word surrender in Scripture. It says submit. You never find surrender in the Bible. It says submit. Because if you surrender, you know what you're going to do? You're going to try to look for a way to escape. (laughs) You guys in the military know that, right? He told you, I never surrender my old free will. Geneva Convention. 28 years, 4 months, 9 days, the army pounded in my head. If I'm captured, I will never surrender. I will always make a way of escape. You always were told you escape. You know, the first thing you do, you capture, you escape. You never surrender. As long as you have the mean to resist, you never surrender. See? So if somebody tried to tell me to surrender, I ain't going to do it. Now you tell me to submit, I'll do it every time. Because for 28 years, 4 months, 9 days, they pounded that into me. Submission. You submit to the people that's over you. You submit to authority. You submit to uh, uh, the regulations and uniform code of military justice and all this. And you submit to it. But to surrender to it? No, because I'm always going to try to find a loophole to get away. 
And that's maybe why a lot of people leave the church. They're looking for a way of escape because all they did was surrender and not submit. Because when you submit to Jesus, you'll stay with him every time. You will hang on in there every time. Because you know he's the highest authority. You know you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's something different about submission versus surrender. And the last point is servanthood. We're servants of the Lord. Jesus says he didn't come to be ministered to. He came to minister and to give his life a ransom. See? So we have to make sure that we're serving. And that's when we are serving, it identifies us with him. Remember Isaiah 43? You are my servants. It's 43.10. You are my servants and my witness whom I have chosen, saith the Lord, that you may know and believe me that I am. We are to reflect him by our servanthood. How we serve others. You know, and Peter says, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, tell you what, Peter, if I don't wash you, you don't have no part of me. Peter says, okay, then wash all of me. You know. When we are cleansed with the Lord, when we are serving, amen, because we love him, you identify with him every time. I get people all the time, I'm not washing somebody else's feet. I'm not going to be there. You're not a servant. You're not a servant. When it's all about you, you're not a servant. But when it's all about him, you're a servant every time. Because you want to love him. You want to please him. You want to identify with him, everything that he was. You know, everything Jesus did, he says, I've given you an example. And as he told Moses, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mouth. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Father, we want to identify with you in all of our lives, and all areas of our lives, oh God. Lord, we want to know you more. God, we want our new identity that you have given us to be a reflection to this lost world, Lord God. We want to show forth your praise and glory and honor in all the things that you have done in our lives, Lord. That others may see your good works, God. That others may see your love, your kindness, your compassion, your fear, Lord. That they would see, God, that they too can have the same anointing and same example, Lord God, in their lives. Touch them today, Lord. Minister to them today, God. Change their hearts. Make it new, Lord. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. 